RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage World system in our custom science fantasy setting. Thank you for listening, and welcome back to Caldonics. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena and Benicia clash with words and foils, and arguments spring from attempts to make connection mishandled. The opening shot is framed like an old-school noir cinema piece. A single streetlight with a pool of white-yellow light streaming down, and the scene around it dim. It dims further and further into almost complete darkness as we see Athena standing in this pool of light, her hand outstretched, a small orange moth perched on it. Athena's shadow, a small black circle beneath her. Athena's leaning in close. Like she's inspecting the moth, but she's kind of hiding in her hair. So if there is a passerby, they don't see her talking to a moth. How's our buddy Chappie doing? Where is he? Is anything different? Has he been acting weird? It has been difficult for me to follow him at times, as he can walk through walls. I have had to spread more of my uh, self around to better keep tabs on him. So far, he has stayed in the tunnels. Do you know where he is right now? I can take you to him. Okay. Believe he is alone. <laughs> He's about not to be. She says as she picks up the back of her hair. Do you want him to know you are coming? Ah, uh, no. He's no. Then. I'm feeling tricksy today. I'm feeling wily. He flutters back beneath your hair. Could I have used one of my Pantheon Connections Edge to get a more anonymous little suit of armor for Silas because she does not want to lead that guy into the tunnels and have him get immediately killed by something. I think that's a reasonable ask. That will blend in there and not get too many questions asked as you go in. I feel like Athena is at least known enough that people kind of give her space when she's there, just based on Lizeth knowing what's up to some extent. Athena walks on over back towards the dock area where she left Silas to hang out for a second, hopefully clad in something looking appropriate for where they're heading. You got the armor, what's it look like? Can't be heavy because he couldn't carry it. It's probably something that mixes together contemporary synthetics and polymers for protective purposes with salvaged animal hides and leathers that have been crafted into something more form-fitting and appropriate for maneuverability in the tunnels. I was thinking like maybe the pauldrons or little ceramics. Is his face covered fancy. up? Oh, yeah. Okay. His voice comes out slightly modulated. Did you find what you're looking for? Yep, got a beat on him and we can just head right on in. She rustles a bag previously procured. It's grease stained mm. and has a lot of fries inside. I don't know how you stomach walking around with a mask for so long. This is terrible. I can barely breathe. Well, you need one with a better filtration system. Why didn't you get me one? Because you told me Benicia would be happy to see me. Man, she keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that conversation did not go as I expected it to any more than you did. I didn't expect it to go any sort of way, but it kind of went all over. We are where we are. We're just going. Listen, I might be a very powerful psionic, but I'm not always the best judge of intentions or reactions. <laughs> Why do you think I need to read people's minds? Damn, I never thought of that before. Maybe you should develop that interpersonal skill. 
she says, pushing her hands from her chest. Well, I'm working on it. And you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> so they walk up through the shard with the red-orange glow that it's got tonight. The shard is in pretty full swing right now because it's like evening time. People are off work. They want to come go see people beat each other up for a while. Yeah. Maybe it's a chariot night. Mm -hmm. So there's active galloping noises as Athena and Silas are slipping down into some of the more tunnely entrance areas. Pretty bustly, but... You can hear the faint droning of the announcer drifting out from the shard, and it picks up energy as the crowd's cries start to rise as well. Well, it looks like High Caliber and Zoot Shooter are in the street together. They're trying to catch up to Hoplite going around. The oh my god, look at him go! Athena's eyes twitch towards the open archway into the arena, but she shakes her head and is very focused on the espionage she's about to engage in. Athena mutters back to Silas, Oh, Hoplite's got it. You always seem like a punk bitch to me. <laughs> Silas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so here's a game plan. <laughs> she says moving right past that. <laughs> here's the thing. We become more like the people that we choose to spend time around. Oh my god, right? she's such a bad influence. You've become more clandestine, and he's become goobier. Damn. That's really the best of both worlds, I think. I'm just saying, yeah. We kind of meet in the middle. Depends. The more you vibe with somebody, the more like we start to take on aspects of one another, I that's think. That's true. I think that's accurate. So she's stepping down these long stairs made of stone to get to the lower levels. I always imagined it underneath the shard. It's kind of like... I don't know. I just remember my campus's athletic building. You had to go down one flight of stairs into like a sub basement and walk around all these fucking twisty turny catacombs that all smelled like gym mats and rubber tarps just to get to like the locker room. It took five minutes to get fucking anywhere, mm -hmm. even though the pool was right there. So I think it's just circuitous. Like you'd have to work there for a while not to get lost. Yeah. Which is probably good as a line of defense, too. True. So you know that like a lot of the tunnel network is very labyrinthian in that sense, but not prohibitively if you have somebody who can like literally change them with you. Or right. Can, like, that's a big thing too. I feel like every squad of Cassians that goes into the tunnel has somebody that can do something similar. Just make them walls out of nowhere. Incredibly handy. So I think she remembers pretty well from where Hector was leading last time to get to the general area. And she says, so the game plan is... You, you can do you can you can do invisible, right? Oh yes, I can make him not see me if that's what you mean. Functionally, is it the same? If they're not recording me, yes. I don't think he's going oh, to have a, a recording so. device down here. Yes, or unless he has infravision or. I think it'll go best if I come in there with this lovely bag of greasy food to shoot the shit because I said I'd be back and then. His defenses will probably be in a more lowered state. So if we're both linked up in the brain, then you can just slurp us both right in there and he won't be any the wiser. And if he starts to self-destruct, I would greatly appreciate if you did not leave me in there. Um, yes, of course not. I wouldn't do that on purpose. On purpose? <laughs> Relax. I mean, you must know there's an element of risk here, but... I am fully confident in my uh, abilities to get us through this. And you might be able to recognize Suzette Olivier's specific brand of mental tampering a little bit better than the uh, average person. That could be true. <clears throat> Technically speaking. This is fun. We should do this more often. <laughs> Want to go on these escapades together? It's just nice to get out. It is nice. Yes. Well, I've felt more like myself the past month or two, but it's certainly been a while since I didn't feel uh, quite as paranoid looking over my shoulder every which way. It feels nice to have um, a greater measure of safety or control over myself, which I have to be thankful for. <laughs> so, yes, I'm glad I can be of service to our joint venture here. Back when we were working in the same circles before everything went down, did you ever think we'd be buddies? She says as she rounds another corner. I mean, there's always the possibility we didn't have much crossover because I 
don't know why. I suppose Joel and Jax just didn't spend much time together. And we were very busy with our own pursuits. You were very, um... <clears throat> you were very headstrong and eager. I didn't think we had much in common at that time. And I don't know that we did. But the times do change. Yeah, well, how about that? How about that? I'm just surprised Joel and Jex didn't encourage us to hang out like once or twice if we were both generally, you know, candidates, whether we applied for the positions or not. If I had to guess, I would say that Jex's personal beliefs and the way that he chose to go about performing his duties were prohibitive in the friendly relationships department. And I think that's the creed that he attempted to bestow upon me as well. Hmm. So I don't know at what point he knew Joel for what he was or any of that. But I think they were just different people before that. Not everyone wants to spend time with others. Not everyone sees the merit in those relationships. Yeah. Like, I'm not an extrovert or anything, but... You seem to do well enough. Then I've done my job correctly, she says, turning <laughs> into what she hopes is an empty mess hall. Since the shards like popping, some of the chefs actually go up to help out in the rings restaurants. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think there's definitely crossover there. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe it's just an off shift for Cassians, but Rishi's located chappy well enough. Oh my gosh. Every time she needs to make a turn, Rishi just like flaps a wing on that side of her neck. So she looks really competent. That's really cute. I like that a lot. She just whispers, thank you. You open the door to find a long mess hall, 20 to 30 feet long. There's a bunch of tables lined up, a lot of chairs, little cooking station in the far corner, mm. as well as a dishwashing area and just a bunch of cupboards for food and supplies. Maybe there's a shelf on one side with a bunch of board games. And Chappie is seated towards the back of the room, closer to the stove where it looks like maybe he's cooked himself something. And he is sitting there, the bowl with its spoon slowly steaming, and he has his legs up on the table, but he seems to be asleep right now. His head is lolled back, his arms are in his lap, snoring. Is there another Rishi in this room somewhere that I see fluttering? Yeah, it's up on top of the board game shelf. She finger guns at him. He takes his wings and flaps them at you a little bit. She nods and locks the door. <laughs> it is strenuous to hold up the invisibility for a long period of time. Well, you won't need to do it for that long. Oh, so we're just driving. I mean, he's asleep. Do you just want me to... <laughs> Are we just going to go? If we're not getting his consent, does it matter? Oh my god, you're right. Let's go. I thought, I thought he'd be awake. I like this rule-breaking version of Athena. It's very power-trippy. It's for the greater good. People love hiding behind those words. And I am currently one of them. Let's go. Athena's gonna tippy-toe over to Chappie, place her bag of greased food, take a seat quietly across from him, and pretend like she's asleep. So, like, when he wakes up, if it goes poor, and she's okay. just like... <laughs> That's fun. Okay, roll me a stealth. Let's see. All right. I'm going to give Chappie a big old penalty to notice, because he's asleep. He's sleepy, little fucker. He's going to get a minus four. <laughs> I can't believe I'm breaking into somebody's brain just taking a soup nap. That's so fucking rude. That's our most vulnerable state. <laughs> Here you go. I can't even take a break. I can't even take a soup nap. Are you kidding me, Sedaris? Yeah. Seven. Okay. Did you get a one and a seven? Yeah. <laughs> I also rolled a one and a seven. No shit! But I got a minus four, so. Oof. You succeed yes. with a raise. So you seat yourself across the table from him in preparation to feign surprise when you both wake up and you're like, oh, this guy here. Hello. <laughs> And Silas is right there. You feel his presence brushing against your circlet. All right. If you're ready, we can dive on in. That was born ready. Ooh, I got tingles. That was a good one. I am going to be in the pictures soon. I got to practice. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll be sure to buy a ticket. I'd what? personally appreciate it if you didn't. You can't ask me to do that. You have no way to enforce it. If you want me... To help you with this, you will, allow, you will furnish me with a ticket to the premiere, whether or not I attend. I'll get you a mug. That is not the same, but Damn. we'll talk about it. You ready? Mm-hmm. Now, when we go in, what are, we, what are you looking for, exactly? 
any kind of obvious interference first up. If it's more subtle, there might I don't I don't know how to look for this stuff. So I'm banking on your big old brain. Okay, so we're looking to undo anything that might have been done. Undo or suss out by whom if he's maybe one of these triggerable agents. Excellent. Uh yes. also Yes. Anything about Tuka's dad? I want to know. Anything. That we can grab. They were friends, so maybe it was easier. I think Tuka's dad was a plant. Hmm. But I am not telling Tuka that. That would be unfortunate. We have our guiding lines. Are you ready? Yep. Let's hope this goes smoother than our previous attempts. She quietly eats one fry. Here we go. Do you want to roll for Silas? Sure, what am I rolling? He's got a D12 psionics. That checks out. So D12 I remembered that. And a D6. Yes, it has not improved yet. Yet. It could go higher. Oh, that's true. A nine. A nine. Very nice. That's a success with a breeze. I don't think I want to chance that. Okay. And that's a pretty good roll. So you watch Silas walk up behind Chappie, and he doesn't put his hands on Chappie. He puts his hands kind of by the side of his head, and then you watch him focus and center himself. And then the scene around you starts to flicker and wobble away like waves in a pond as the light and sound and smell of the food nearby start to wash together into a blur of amalgamation. Your brainscape loads immediately into a scene, an action. The perspective is strange because it's certainly following Chappie and you're viewing it from third person. Like you are watching Chappie. You are not in Chappie's POV right now. Am I like third personing Chappie? It's like you're in the scene and the bubble around Chappie or like kind of the cone from where he's looking, you can see what's there. So as he looks around, it starts to illuminate more of the scene and lets you see more and you're just there standing in it okay. rather than experiencing it. You're still in the tunnels, although you're closer to the entrance. Like this is a place that you guys passed through on the way to get here. And you see Chappie. He looks younger in his purple tracksuit and he's being hauled by two Cassians who are bearing armaments, toss him forward. He has these special manacles on his legs and hands that are glowing with a dull light. And he lands and pushes himself back up. Hey, watch the goods, eh? I know I'm your prisoner or whatever. Temporary as this situation might be, but uh, I'm choppy does and they deserve a little bit better. And they just scoff and walk away. One of them points behind him and says, All right, whatever. Remanded to your custody, fellow Cassian. Pointing at a figure nearby and then turns to walk away. Is it Tuka's dad? Standing at the edge of the scene, we see a tall, willowy white Karnak. He's very reminiscent of a traditional Chinese dragon in a very lithe form. He's got a pointier snout for a face. He's got very familiar looking head tendrils that are swept back and bound together with a loose cord of leather. He's wearing a leather tunic. It doesn't cover his arms and more of a shift style pants, but he's holding a long spear. It's wickedly curved at the top and he pushes himself up with the spear and walks forward. <laughs> you the new arrival, huh? You the one I'm supposed to be looking after. Ugh, well, if I'm an arrival rather than a prisoner, that works well enough for me. So, yeah. Chappy Dusnik, gentleman thief extraordinaire, etc., etc. Something like I'm still working on the details. This is, I'm here for a little bit, you know. There was also uh, my understanding as well. My name is Casimir. It's my job to uh, look after you, sounds like. So, you got your work, we go into the tunnels, you know, we get all that done. It's my job to make sure that you don't go running off and that you make it back all right in one piece. How does that sound to you, hmm? Hey, simple enough, I suppose. You got like a checklist or something? <laughs> yeah, you come on this way, we talk about specifics, yeah? Alright. And you watch them start to walk off down a tunnel. And Casimir comes up behind and sort of prods him in the back with the spear. Chappie turns and gives him an indignant look. <laughs> what? I heard you was, uh, I heard we couldn't touch you with stuff, so. Oh, yeah, well, I got the, I got the bleeding things on, don't I? Look here. It's right here. Take these off and I'll, I'll show you trick or two. Athena can't help but laugh in this brain space. 
I reckon I'm gonna leave them all for now. That seems okay. Yeah, it'll work. And they walk off. The scene swims away and fades, and you guys are in this black space again. The beginning of a storied friendship. She mutters more to herself than anything. I'm not sure how storied their friendship was, but... Um, We're watching a story about it, so it's at least a little storied. You know, that's To Chappie. You're right. That's true. Obviously, it's voyeuristic. Interesting to be able to look into other people's lives that way. To see moments that perhaps they don't even fully remember themselves correctly. How do you know it is correct, though? It's as correct as he can remember it. That's I don't fair. detect any tampering with this specifically. It's just the truth becomes what we remember it to be, Athena. If, if we can't remember the truth ourselves, then how can anyone viewing our memories think it's true? Hmm. That's why it's always been a dicey proposition to look inside someone's mind when they've witnessed a crime. And they have might it be admissible as testimony correct. if it's flawed. Correct. Because people are flawed. We can look at it. And there's often a degree of likelihood. It's, it's just more evidence. It's one more thing on the top. But there have been circumstances where people were mistaken. And their memories, when shown a picture of an individual that was believed to be the perpetrator, the individual then became convinced that they were. So in their memory, it began to look like that other person. But it wasn't. Do you understand? The yeah. present colors our past. We start to misremember things over time. Hmm. So it could be the case, but this seems a rather innocuous memory. I don't detect any kind of subterfuge here. His eyes look just like Tuka's. Mm. That is the damnedest thing. <laughs> there is a resemblance in the, uh, the fluffiness. Oh, yeah. He certainly looks like Remington. A little bit more than I was expecting, I think. But it makes sense. And they are clutch mates, presumably. Oh, yeah. Remington's her uncle. Yeah. We should be looking into him heavily, because apparently he got up to some real sketchy shit, and I don't know what it is. Hmm. Well, he's, uh, with Sato Nuvi. Perhaps you could use your... Yeah, speaking of familial connections, perhaps you can use yours with your great-aunt to maneuver towards Remington Sato. But I'm gonna be so busy in hair and makeup, how am I ever gonna get the time to talk to her? It's a good question that I'm ill-equipped to answer, I'm afraid. What's next? Next. Now that we're here and we sort of wheedled our way in through memory, I think it would be best for us to look around for any source of tampering. Now, I have met Susad. I've met Benicia. I've spent time around Benicia. I'm somewhat confident that I could detect a signature or interference and be able to determine if it was her or not. I think that's our next step. Ooh. Chappie's had a lot of intermediaries with eyes. Purple prismae, some red. I see. So if we see any purple flicking through real fast that isn't his amazing little tracksuit there, we should probably dial in on it. Just to see if we can clock a face. Shit, one of them might have been Nima. Hmm. Yeah. We can narrow the focus as little or as much as we want, but the more specific we get, the more specific the information we glean might be. And I think for now we should keep it focused. Yep. Onward. She stabs a finger into the void. Can I help at all? Hmm. This could be a learning opportunity for you to understand how this sort of thing works, how you might apply it yourself, how you might change your thinking to better facilitate what it is you're trying to do. Okay. Okay. Here in this mental scape, you know a lot already. You know that uh, your thoughts define your actions. You can Make things as real as you wish with enough effort and concentration. That made a whole meat tornado. It was passable. You did. Passable. She ate it. She would have complained if it wasn't good. That's probably true, she yes. She would have complained if it was good. So maybe it was really good. Well, she didn't complain, so yeah. I think you probably did well enough with that. If we're searching for things that are concealed, usually we either need to look for something that we believe to be hidden and determine that way, or else we can look for glossed over inconsistencies. If you think of it as looking for a trapdoor or a secret wall, you walk along it and you knock it. You try to see if there's anything hollow there. And if you do find something hollow, you know that it's just being covered up and there's something deeper within there. So oftentimes, if you have familiarity with the subject, you might be able to detect inconsistencies in the thought patterns of the personalities. Now, I don't think that's possible here because you are not 
very friendly with Mr. Dusnick, or you don't really understand a lot of those higher processes. But I've run into him a lot over the years. You have. So I think what would be best would be a more generalized sweep of the brainscape to see if we can detect the residual energy or presence of another psionic entity or working. Okay. Okay. Here, come stand with me. She sidles a little closer. Hold your hands up. Okay. He holds your hands. You're not going to slap him, are you? No, that's not necessary. It's just, it helps focus. You're used to focusing on things this way, so I thought maybe it would allow you to ease into it more. She's got her eyes closed. Yes, don't try so hard. Just relax. (sighs) Athena, this this is about, psionics is, uh, it, it can be about being a precision scalpel, but uh, for something more broad like this, we need a net. We need your brain to be relaxed, to commune and... Oh, I thought I had to be a scalpel. I could be a net. Depends on what you're trying to do. Different tools for different jobs, right? So for right now, just relax. Let your mind wander. Let yourself think about your goal, your purpose here. Feel the energy, feel the ebb and the flow around you, his thoughts, his feelings how things shift, and eventually you'll start to see a pattern emerge. You'll see everything in the back. You'll feel it as an undercurrent around you. You existing here, separately in this space, like you're bobbing in the water. And we exist here together, and eventually becomes tranquil, becomes the background. And then we can start to listen for the thing that stands out, the thing that doesn't belong. As he's talking, she has her eyes closed, and she's trying to do all these things, but when he talks about bobbing and water metaphors, her hair starts to float out behind her like she is. So now, let's... Let's do a... Let's do a roll here. We're going to use untrained psionics for the first time here. Okay. Silas is going to try to assist you first, so you're going to be the primary and Silas is going to be your secondary. Uh, uh, mm, Silas uh, failed. uh, Fuck. Can I common bond? Does he have bennies? I mean, he has bennies. He uh, has two bennies. If he you want he should benny. Two. I'm going to benny mine as well. He's a tuka. He got a one and a three. Silas! Uh, gotta do everything my fucking self. That's an eight. Oh, you got a raise. <laughs> okay, wow. I blew up my D4 twice. So Silas got a one on his D12 both times. God. Or no, I'm sorry, he got a one and a three, and before he got a three and a three, so... That's so funny. Bad. <laughs> So bad. (laughs) I think what happens with Silas not assisting you at all, he's there like talking to you and he's maintaining all of this and he's talking to you, trying to walk you through it, but you've already started doing it. Like he's not helping at all. He might actually be distracting you at this point. Every time he says another word, her bottom lid twitches a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to make sure the water's nice and calm for her net to sink into. Because you are the one who is suggesting, let's keep an eye out for these different colored eyes and stuff like that. You start to get little glimpses. The blackness around you starts to coalesce into different colors, micro scenes, some of them from Chappie's perspective, some of them from that weird skewed perspective. Oh, could it be like she's manifesting a visual of a net and it's caught several fish in it that are the corresponding colors? Sure. So then like she sees it and it's like, ah, and goes over and starts like she just punches the fish. She just baps the fish to get it to open up as a memory, you know? Oh my gosh, sure. <laughs> well, you take a Benny because that's very Thank evocative. You. Bap that fish. Silas just watching. He's like, oh, you're doing it. What? F- is, that, is that the actual net? Why are you eat? It seemed appropriate. Which fish do you hit? What colors are there? You tell me. I want a Which purple fish. Think? I want a purple fish. purple fish. Okay. You slap a purple fish. <laughs> <laughs> you get a flicker of purple eyes. You see. A couple of different figures. Roll me a notice. Roll okay. me a notice here. I'd love to. Four. Four? Okay. Can I Benny to get a better one, maybe? If you want to. I kind of do. If you want to use Let's it on my this. Okay. again. You just graciously gave me another no. Benny, so. Why not burn it? I blew up both of them! Oh my god. That's an 11, though. You're very keyed into the color purple, so I think you see a number of eyes just start to flash by. They're basically all like masked or shrouded or whatever, but it's at least three or four different individuals. The scene keeps changing. It's always in the tunnels here, like underground. One of them with your rays, you can tell is definitely the right stature and build for Nima. 
One of them is in a literal dark cloak with the hood pulled up. And as they're turning to look at Chappie, you see the purple eyes, but then it just like immediately gets garbled and dissipates itself. Hmm. Then Silas says, wait, that one right there. That one? Yes, pause it there. She puts a hand out to freeze everything. It stops on that robed figure with the purple eyes. He says, the distortion in the air there, the, when you were looking at it and it started to change in that strange way, that's usually indicative of some sort of a change. So it, it seems that uh, this is where we need to start digging. Cracks or knuckles. This is at least a good jumping off point to do so. Okay. So now, I, did I, do I knock the walls? Now we need to be careful because this could be what has been set in place. Oh, you should do this yes, then. Yes, I should, I should really do this. Go to scalpel, man. So at this point, I will tell you that I made a roll in advance oh. uh, to see what your difficulty here is going to be. And we're going to treat it as a dramatic task. Yes. Okay. It's going to be a series of psionics rolls to try to undo whatever's happening here. If you would like to roll to support him, you may. Um, I would like to do that. With the knowledge that if you crit fail, it's going to hurt the attempts. Mm-hmm. So that's up to you. Silas is going to start trying to unweave this. So you you roll your support first and then we'll roll Silas. A seven. For your untrained yeah. Silas. Okay. That gives a plus one. So here's the first roll. Or you, you should roll for Silas here. Okay. He's your buddy. So it's a d12 and a d6 for psionics. And you get a plus one because of your help. I have terrible news. Did you crit fail? You crit failed? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Um, oh no. Is Chappie gonna die? I didn't crit fail though. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was Silas. Fuck that uh, guy. He uh, has not succeeded except for the starter roll. Ah! Oh my god. Okay. Silas is not having a, this goobiness is rubbing off on him in a bad way. God, I've I've transferred my crit fails. I've not been dealing action cards for the dramatic task, which you're apparently supposed to do. Oh, I didn't realize that. Give you complications and shit. Oh fuck. Critical failing the task reduces the progress by one if there are any, but it doesn't do anything on its own unless this is where like the action cards come in. So I'm going to have to draw something here because Silas is the one going during this. So we're going to draw an action card and see see how it goes. Would you like to draw it? Yeah. Okay, one second. Let me. Really? It only matters here um, if you draw a club. However you want to draw. It's four four of of hearts. hearts. Okay. So it is not automatically failed, Whew. which is lovely. But neither does he get any success. Well. So Silas is there working, and there's a flash of those purple eyes, and the hood gets, like, really close to Silas. The head swivels and moves on its own, just interrupts his concentration and his pupils dilate, and then he has to try to, like, reassert himself down to keep going. She puts a hand on his back because she got a success. Nice. It's okay. It's cool. Can't can't hurt you. I don't think. He nods but says nothing and continues focusing. Do we roll more? He's got a ten of spades, so no no complications this round. Yep. If you would like to support, it, now is the time. Oh right. Uh, that's a fail. So I'm gonna many. Okay, it's up to you. Four. Okay, plus one. Yes. Roll for Silas. I'm using a different fucking dice, I'll tell you what. Silas still has one Benny on his own, by the way. Okay. That's an 11! An 11 is two successes. You can just see this green energy manifesting subtly in Silas's hue as he mentally digs in. And it's hard to describe, like, moment by moment what's happening here, but it's like he's trying to unravel the image at the edges. And you can see pieces of the darkness starting to burn away as he drills down here. Are we force ghosts right now? Is that how is that how they look? Kind like of, color-wise? Maybe if you want, yeah. So Silas is a as a green. It's an aura hue, right? Like it's not everything is green. It's just like a slight tint. Okay. I feel like Athena's hue used to be a slightly more vibrant purple. Mm-hmm. Like it's still there, but right. not quite as active. Makes sense. No time for that now. No time for that. Okay. And then this is the last round. I will tell you up front that you need two successes here to succeed. <sighs> That's so juicy. The initial roll was an 18 and the resistance roll was a five. So oh it was God. a success with three raises. Okay. So you need two successes to come out on top here. Ready? Yeah, I want to support again. 
and his card is a joker. What does that mean? Uh, I don't think it actually means anything specific. Oh. It should, though. Let's see. You guys can both draw bennies. <gasps> you know, that's that's pretty standard joker material. Yay. It doesn't say, but yeah. So Okay. I, I It's a joker. I'll give you guys plus two. Just a flat d4 now because you got your plus two. Okay, I'm going to benny it because okay. I got twos. Okay. You do have your common bond, Benny, which you could oh, save for Silas. Oh, I know. Okay, I'm just saying. Oh, that's a four. Nice. Okay, Basic so you got, a, you got a plus one onto Silas's roll, and you need him to get at least an eight. All right. I'm going to blow my dice. Delightful. It's a nine. A nine. And they call <laughs> it a, a nine. nine. <laughs> okay. A nine. A nine. That's lovely. We have this moment where the camera just dials further and further in onto Silas. And like we we have Athena looking over Silas's shoulder, maybe like you guys are both right there. And he has the fixed bent of an artist, just like a potter at a wheel, just like going in and shaping the clay with his hands with this hyper fixation. But as he's moving his hands over the image, it's starting to become sharper and more distinct. And he's mouthing words to himself closer. Almost there, we just move this over here and I can get to the bottom. Almost, there's just one, one last. Ooh, oh, could, could Athena's support point have been from, she remembered how it looked when Zidal was like unfucking Halarishi's brain and he did more like point and swipes almost like on a touch screen, oh, like yeah. dragging stuff away. So I think like maybe at the very end, she just pokes something and swipes it away and it just like, he says, Yes! Yes! <laughs> we beat her! <clears throat> I mean, I, I think we've done it. <laughs> she looks at him grinning. As this all happens, the black shrouding mist of the figure just spirals away, gets burned off until the figure in front of you is still shrouded in a black cloak with purple eyes, but beneath the hood, you can see someone who looks very similar to Benicia. Slightly older, slightly more drawn, more weathered skin, but this could be Suzette Olivier. She has a wolfish grin on. The scene has now coalesced more fully around you, and you can see that she's seated in a room with Chappie, talking to Chappie. It's like a mini, mini coliseum, fashioned kind of like after the Shard, but on a much smaller scale. It might just be like a briefing room or an auditorium mm. down here. Yeah. But he's seated in the bleachers of it and she's seated one bleacher above talking to him and there's no one else here. But it's a, it's a freeze frame, so it's a frozen moment. And Silas says, well, whatever we've done, I think that was it. It was like the last bit, you, you pull it and you're unclotting the knot and it comes free and everything just flows back to where it's supposed to be. It's oh, so satisfying. Where did you learn the, to do the... Where did, where did that come from? That was that was good. That was good. Oh, I just picked it up. Picked it up? Yeah. Um. So, where are we? Inside Chappie's memory? Mind? No, I mean, like, do you recognize this? Um, this looks like it's probably somewhere here in the tunnels, if I had to guess. And I don't think I've been to this room. Like. It's a meeting room, debriefing room, maybe planning room. Maybe they make it and then unmake it. I'm not, I'm not sure. Hmm. I certainly have never been in all the rooms. Have, have you spent time down here? I'm just a little bit here and there hmm. more recently. Interesting. M mission accomplished, maybe? Yeah. Perhaps. Was there um, anything else you wanted to look at while we were here? I mean, can we listen to anything they're saying? Oh, we can certainly try. Well, yes. I'd love that. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> She does walk down and, like, stoops right in front of Suzette, getting all up into her face, trying to commit it to memory. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. When Athena's very close up in Suzette's face, does Vi maybe stir a little bit? Because she's been pretty quiet. Mm. Athena's not worried. We'll take a Benny for prompting something fun. Thank you. And for assisting me as the GM and... Connecting threads as I juggle my many, many plates behind the scenes. What am I rolling? Given that Vi has been more dormant lately, roll your spirit at a minus two. Okay. Actually, no, make it a minus four. That's rough. 
That's a negative three and a one. Okay. Uh, so let me spend that Benny you just graciously gave me. Sure. Nope, I don't think I get it this time. This is one of the first times you failed one of those spirit rolls. It is. You do feel something within you stir, but it's almost like this dark cavern in the pit of your stomach cracks open a little wider and a little deeper, and you just feel that pervasive emptiness and hollowness inside, and looking into the eyes of this person, you just feel it recede a little bit more. You have a small spike of adrenaline or a more primal dread. Not a terror, but something internal and personal. She takes a few steps back and tries to put her hands, which she hopes are clammy, on the back of her neck, but I think it's not exactly how she wants it to be. Because clammy neck, clammy hands. That's just room temperature. (laughs) There's no help to be found. Are you all right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, uh think those fry bits are not settling well. Mm, I see. What exactly does she look like now that I got a good look at her and definitely am not existential dreading over her presence? She looks a lot like Benicia. Her hair is still more of a brown color, maybe a darker brown than Benicia's was. A couple of steely streaks. She looks like she's probably in her 40s to 50s at this point. Benicia's closer to Athena's age, 20s to 30s, so there's probably like a 10-year gap here. So definitely an older sister. And Silas says, okay, let's wind things back here for a moment. Let's see where these are connected. He puts a hand in the air and he starts to move it to the left. Not a swipe so much as a gradual rainbow with his hand. Looks like a lot of these memories are connected together. That's handy. Or at least thematically linked in a certain way, so ones that were concealed or amended. So they're kind of like stoplights on a long road? Sort of, yes. Most likely means that Suzette Olivier, when she went back and either implanted changes or directions to him, probably just covered up some of the memories involving her or things she didn't want others to know or Chappie to remember. Chappie's fucking terrified of her. So I want to know what put that fear of her in him. Let's start here. And the scene coalesces. You see a couple of identical quick snapshot scenes of Chappie being hauled into the mines, dressed in different tracksuits and outfits, and then being unceremoniously tossed down. And every time there's a Casimir that stands up and walks from the other side of the room, also dressed in different ones, and they have a short nonverbal exchange before he gets them up and they start walking away together. And there's definitely a sort of camaraderie there, like a familiarity. The last one I think you hear is a short shot of them walking together. You know, chap, you come back here so often, I gotta wonder if you even like it out there. <laughs> Maybe you just come down and work for the Cassians, huh? Oh, no, you know, this isn't, I'm not really, you know, much of a fighter. This isn't sort of my bag. I got work I'm doing out there, you know, people too impressed. You know, my own reputation to live up to. I'm not ready to resign myself to the boring desk job style of uh, fighting Mortal Kombat in the tunnels. Well, you know, someone like you, they harder to her, and that's real valuable, you know, down here. You could help people save lives, you know. I'm just saying, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, finding your place. That's all. Yeah, well... You know what gets you out of bed in the morning? You know why you why you keep coming down here? I know who you is. You know I know you one of them satos. I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. You know you've always been good to me. But uh, why here? Why down here? Why just you know guard duty or whatever? <laughs> well, he puts the spear over his shoulders and just lounges as they walk. Athena's seen two could do that. Oh. You know, sometimes you uh, you do things that uh, your family wants you to, and sometimes you gotta, you know, stand up for yourself, and sometimes you take a risk. You gotta try something new, feel things out from there. So, what gets me out of the bed in the morning? I got a little girl, real bright spot in my day, I can tell you that. Oh, uh, you, got a, you got a picture? You got a little snappy? <laughs> yeah. Mm. And he shows Trappy. Um... Look at that hair looks just like yours. What about her mom? She down here? No. 
we uh, <laughs> I'm down here in a different world. She from a different world. It just didn't work out. That's all right. She doing her thing. I'm doing mine. But yeah, that keep me going. Well, tell you what, maybe uh, maybe once I hit it big and I uh, figure out what I'm uh, all about out there, maybe I'll have a job for you. Hmm? Get a bit of a change of scenery. Tell you what, you come back, ain't in cuffs. You let me know when we talk, yeah? Figure something out. Sold Aries. And the scene fades. Get a couple of snapshots of them deeper in the tunnels and a few quick combat things where you see some skittering insects rushing up towards a small group of Cassians and Casimir's at the front waving a glaive back and forth, cutting things in half. Does it seem like he's linked? Like Remington? Casimir? Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's, there's no indication here that that is the case. But then it cuts back to one more scene of Chappie being pulled in in cuffs and thrown down the stairs. And he gets up. Down the stairs? <laughs> He's been throwing him down stairs this whole time? That's whole, so mean. Not every time. But this time there's no Casimir there to meet him. You see a couple of nonverbal exchanges with him talking to somebody else and gesturing to where Kaz always is. And this other Karnak with a large frill shakes their head and jerks a thumb towards the dark foreboding tunnel exit a hundred yards away and then walks off we just see Chappie looking at that dark expanse as his vision starts to tunnel in on itself and the scene fades and then it's back to the scene where you and Silas had unraveled the psionics and Chappie's sitting by himself but this time um, you can tell that Chappie looks a little bit older so some time has passed you see this figure in a dark robe walking around the top of this little amphitheater and starts walking down towards his, his seat and sits a little above him. It is not very fitting of the great Chappie Dosnik to be sitting here like such a sad man, is it? He looks up. Who are you? And what are you doing here? This is sort of like a restricted area. I don't think people are supposed to be back here. But that's never stopped me before. And it's never stopped you, Mr. Dusnick. Well, I can tell by the way you keep saying my name that you know who I am, so I assume you want something from me. So why don't we, like, skip past the part where you pretend to be my friend and you tell me what you want? Yes. I can appreciate a man who doesn't waste any time, and I'm afraid it is somewhat of the essence right now. I can help you, Chapman. Chapman? Says Athena, still watching. <laughs> Silas is next to you and he chuckles. You're lucky that Athena isn't long for anything. Neither is Silas, don't bother looking. Now I'm gonna. Silencio. Silencio, no. I can't even come up with a fake one. That's not like Athena's my first fucking name. She says as she leans back into the conversation. <laughs> Silas does swipe his hand through the air and it just goes back a couple of seconds again to cover what you guys missed. <laughs> what a pro. And she says again, I can help you, Chapman, but I need your help, and it's going to help someone you care about very much, or someone that I knew you did care about. And he shifts a little in his seat, he turns around, and now he's straddling the bench with one leg up on the higher and the one down on the lower. I never said it took a lot to tickle my curiosity fancy, so, so, sure, why don't you keep telling me what you're going on about, and we can go from there. It's very simple, really. You take this device, and she holds it up. It's kind of like a pocket watch, but on the inside, instead of it being a clock, it's this yellow crystal, like a quarry crystal, just a flat disc that's in there. <gasps> a yellow crystal? A yellow crystal. Duh. And she says, take this, go into the tunnels, go deep, press the button, and wait. He watches it in her hand, and he says, and that's it, I just... Press the button and wait. What's going to happen? A contact will meet you. You will give them this device. No message will be necessary. I dare say you will be helping an old friend. I might add, the safety of your friend's daughter hangs in the balance. And Chappie shifts. Friend, uh, dot, come on, give me names, give me specifics. A friend of yours from the mine here. I believe his daughter's name was Tuka. And there's a long pause as Chappie shifts back on his hands. What, Kaz's daughter? Was she in trouble? What's this got to do with anything? 
I know it's all very confusing, Mr. Dasnik. And I'm very sorry that I can't tell you more at this juncture. But this will ensure her safety and is for the betterment of the entire city. It is a small thing and your involvement can be minuscule. But you must go tonight, now. There is no danger to you and no alternative. And she holds it out towards him. And again, why should I do this? Why should I believe you? Why should I help you? <laughs> Whether or not you believe me is entirely up to you. I'm afraid I can't change that. But what I can guarantee you is that if you don't do this, your friend's daughter is going to be harmed. And someone else will be found to complete the step. So wouldn't it be simpler to just get this out of the way now? Be rewarded for your assistance? To know that you've done something good for yourself, for your friend? It's at least a break from the norm, if nothing else, hmm? What have they ever done for you? They keep throwing you in here. They don't see your greatness for what it is. Just take a strong. I promise, I promise you it will be worth it. You'll see. He watches her for another long moment before he reaches out and takes it. Yeah. Listen, I know a good fleece when I hear one, but... What am I gonna do? I could use a change of scenery. He's looking down at the small pendant, and then he looks up, and she's gone. You guys just see the form trickle away and dissipate, because he didn't watch her leave. He doesn't know how it happened. Oh. He looks around for another moment, and then walks through the closest wall, and the scene fades. Athena tries to follow him through the wall, because she knows she can just walk through things here. She waves her hand after her, just like, come on! Oh. Can we fast forward? Yes. You guys follow Chappie and Silas is spinning his finger in the air as time fast forwards. And you get a couple of point of view shots of Chappie going deeper into the tunnels. Some of these caves look very similar to the ones that you and Zadal trundled through back when. A lot of like the bioluminescent flora, some giant mushrooms here and there, a small waterfall occasionally, a lot of rocks. Big a lot of lichen from the big ceiling. Big lichen from the ceiling, yeah. I love lichen. And just some fauna. I lichen it a lot. You lichen it a lot. Take a many. Then he gets to the middle of a large, expansive cavern with no mega fauna or anything here, and he pulls out the small pendant, and he pushes his finger on it. And you, with him here, feel the power in this thing. And it's like a psionic concussion goes out from his point and just sweeps the area and heads outward. It's not a physical force, but Chappie feels it, and he doesn't know exactly what it is, but you guys feel it too, and you can tell that this is psionic. Just because you guys are here psionically, it matches up. You have enough experience to know that that's the case. You know, just mutters, rubbing at her nose. I feel like I should have a nosebleed, but I don't think I do. Do I? If you imagine yourself to, then I expect you're going to. Oh, so jeez. She puts her arm up against her nose just in case. <laughs> and you guys watch Chappie stand here in the midst of this cave, doing nothing, just looking around. Silas waves his finger in the air again, and time starts to speed forward, and then he slows it back to its normal speed. And when you guys stop here, you notice from the moment that you sped from... It's much quieter. The sounds in this cave that are not natural from waterfalls and stuff have completely ceased. There's no bug sounds. There's no shifting movement of rocks or anything like that. It's just all quiet. Athena's survival instincts are kicking in, even though she knows this isn't real, because that's exactly what happens before predators show up. You watch Chappie having that same reaction. You watch his skin prickle, and he turns to look around the cave with that budding paranoia. And now it starts to focus back into Chappie's point of view. Everywhere he looks, it's like a giant searchlight. You can tell where Chappie is looking because of that. And everywhere he looks away from that's not within his view, it clouds over with a bit of fog that you can tell is from this psionic space because he knows what it looked like, but he doesn't know what it looks like right this moment. And he starts to look around very frantically. First, there's a shift or a skittering from the edge of light, 
And when he turns to look at it, there's nothing there. Nothing is moving, nothing is out of the ordinary. This happens two or three more times, and you're seeing this from his perspective, and you too can see something moving in the peripheral vision. As he turns, it's shadows. And you feel with the, the slight motion that the shadows are moving, but they're not. And you hear something behind you, and it, it happens again. And he turns again and again, until he's just completely on a swivel, and he begins to lower himself into a defensive crouch. And begins to look up for the first time. Up and up and up, and on the ceiling is a pair of enormous burning yellow eyes. The perspective pulls back into a third person once more, and you see Trappy and his eyes reflecting the yellow above as he looks back into the eyes of death. The lights blink out, and it's darkness again, and he's still looking up, frozen in terror. The shadows move in his peripheral vision one more time, and this time, he turns to find Casimir Sato. Hey, Pickle. Hey, Pickle. Did you know that uh, this episode's a little late? A little bit. Oops, sorry. We had real life stuff. Yeah, sorry. Kind of interfered with the scheduling. I said sorry there, and I didn't sound very sorry, but I am. <laughs> I can see in your eyes, and listeners know that I can see it in her eyes. It's true. Is this what it would be like to be shorter than you? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so little. Allie is standing at the recording table today. Anyway, thank you for your patience. We got more cool content coming to you. But not for another two weeks, because not- we're taking a vacation break. So we are taking two weeks off posting for some good R&R and relaxation from these deadlines and life and all the pollen. And yeah, the pollen's been a big one. Allie has been very busy with her work for Dark Matter magazine. You can find their podcasts by searching any major podcast app for Dark Matter. But they're really spooling up with this audiobook division and like all the audio labs that Allie is fully in charge of. Like, guys, if you like Allie's content and her editing style and the flair that she puts into everything, go listen to it. It's really good. Pretty passionate about it. Very passionate. Sorry for the delay. So she's very busy right now. She's working very hard. I'm going to do my best to start learning how to do some editing myself. (gasps) putting it out here into the world so that it becomes true and then I have to follow through with it. Self-accountability. That works for me. Yeah, but (laughs) thank you for being patient, but we got plenty more good stuff coming your way. So anyway, some good stuff right now. Uh, Savage Worlds was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, who you can find online at peginc.com. We got Wave Shaper and Crockett in this episode. Wave Shaper you can find at waveshaper underscore swe on Twitter and waveshaper1.bandcamp.com. You can find Crockett at Crockett80s on Twitter or crockett.bandcamp.com. It's Crockett with two Ts. You can find us on Twitter at rpg for you and me Thank you to our social media manager, Jackie Betts. Jackie Betts. Thank you, Jackie. All bets are on. Mm-hmm. You can also find us online at patreon.com slash rpg for you and me Oh, yeah. Still, Still searchable. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons so much for being here, for supporting us, for believing in this world that we build together and the content that we bring to you. That means the world. It means everything. Thank you so much, especially for supporting us here as we start to spool up on a lot of projects because it's really exciting, you guys, and you make it possible by being here and helping us believe in ourselves. So thank you too. Chase, Valentine, Ezra, and Nakoda. Thank you. Thank, Thank you y'all. so much. We got another new series coming up in the future with Ezra and Nakoda. It's a super fun Patreon game they, if you want to get in on that. Yeah, <laughs> There's it's a still Patreon time. Game, uh, once every two months is what we set for, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Allie's going to join again, just like she did as 
Sia in Silica Valley. I'm just going to start doing weirder shit so I get ready for it. Going to make some weird I'm shit. I'm going to make some weird shit. <laughs> also, thank you to Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, Gerald, Alex, and Dabriel. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. means so much. You're all great. Especially that one person. You know who it is. You know who it is. Is it you? Could they, they know Could who it be? is. They know who it is. You, hey, you're listening right now. You know who it is. You're really Mr. New Vegasing. <laughs> <laughs> People always ask me, Mr. New Vegas, do you have a wife? Are you, are you married, Will? Of course I do. It's you. And you're as beautiful as the day I met you. <laughs>